0: Ayers on the Road. Value-based parenting and life balance ideas from world traveling family coaches. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. Hello and welcome back to Ayers on the Road. We are on the road. Well, we're in a hotel room right now, but we are in Illinois.
1: Bloomington, Illinois.
0: Bloomington, Illinois, where we just spoke to a beautiful group of parents. Um, who are doing wonderful things with their families, which we are always inspired by.
1: Bloomington, Linda. It's a special word for you because your father was born in Bloomington, Idaho. My
0: my family settled Bloomington, Idaho. So we loved being with them and thinking about being in the fire, which many of you are. Um,
1: Because all these people, uh, this is a corporate group called YPO, Young Presidents Group that we've spoken to over the years, all over the world. It's a marvelous group because to join it, you have to be the CEO of a reasonably large company before you turn 40. So by definition, YPOers are Young, they're aggressive, they're type A, they're they want to be the best at everything they do. They're they have family. They're managing
0: big businesses and
1: they're doing great. Yep, we just think it's great. I'm always trying to get Linda close to the microphone because I know I sound louder than Linda. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't think well, you're just you just
1: are louder. <laughs> <laughs> the bottom line is I'm loud. Um, but here we are and I bet if people were asked to name their three towns they can think of in Illinois, no one would get to Bloomington. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) That's true. But it's enjoyable. And we're going on from here to Tampa, Florida, to speak to another YPO group of young parents. And I don't know, Linda, I think we're on borrowed time speaking to to parents. When we first started speaking to this particular group, because they have chapters all over the world. We were younger than most of them. Right. And now we're we're like their parent figures. (laughs) We're like the grandparents coming in to advise the parents.
0: Right. And which they probably wouldn't like from their own grandparents. But anyway, it really is a delight to be with these people because they are really family oriented. They're doing the very best they can with their kids. And raising kids is so much different than it was when we were raising our kids, as you all know. Many of you are there right now in the fire, but it is so different. We were laughing about why do
1: you keep saying in the fire, honey? What do you mean by that exactly? Oh,
0: my goodness, parenting is the refiner's fire. Oh, okay. it teaches you so much about yourself and how you can how you can navigate life and so on with lots of distractions and lots of difficulties and things that are always coming up. It really is so good.
1: No, I like that you say in the fire and you also often say in the trenches.
0: Yeah, it is. It doesn't sound sounds like a war movie, actually.
1: You're in a war or a forest fire. Which one do you want to choose? Oh,
0: I don't know where you are listening today, but I think you can identify with both the war and the fire because there's uh, parenting is just the hardest, most amazing job and most important job in the world.
1: It's fine for us to sit here in a quiet hotel room and talk about parenting. (laughs) I'm thinking of our youngest daughter, Charity, who's there with her four tiny kids. And I think the worst thing we could do is just give advice, like, just be calm and peaceful. (laughs) (laughs) Because that isn't how it is in young families, right? She's
0: got a six, soon to be seven, five, and two, three-year-olds just about to turn three next week. So it really is a, a fun exciting time, but wow, it's straining and draining, and it's a fabulous learning curve.
1: I should say it is. So we want to get back this time on ours on the road to our three-letter lessons, and uh, we've been talking to a couple of publishers about turning these three-letter lessons into a book. I just love the idea of having some little words that have a special meaning that sort of keeps circulating around in your brain. I mean, how do you, I mean, the the most important thing we're here on earth to do is to grow and perfect ourselves or try to become better in our character and our personality and in the way we approach life and in our demeanor in every aspect. I mean, we believe in eternal progression. We believe that the reason for this mortality is for us to learn and grow and develop. And, you know, on on outer things in our lives, we say, well, I want to progress in this career or I want to become a better parent or I want to learn how to play the violin or whatever it is we're working on. Those are tasks and we can approach them, but they're outer tasks. They're things we're doing outside of ourselves. How do we improve our inner selves? How do we improve who we really are? And And of course, a lot of wise people have tried to figure this out. We always go back to Benjamin Franklin, who just made a list of characteristics he wanted to have. And he just focused on one at a time and just became that person, became those things, those factors. And we've thought a lot about that over the years. And the latest iteration of it is this idea of three-letter lessons, these little words that become defined as a characteristic in your mind and that you focus on and think about until they become more a part of you
0: right it, it is interesting that we are what we think and sometimes you get so occupied with just the fluff and the perthia and the things that have to be done that you just don't go as deep as you'd like to
1: That is so true. And believe it or not, Linda, this is number 30. We've now done on Ayers on the Road. We do it every two or three or four weeks, depending on when we can work it in. And and we devote a whole Ayers on the Road episode to one of these little three-letter words. And we're now up to number 30. This is number 30. And it's one I think you'll really like as we explain it. I know I'm really enamored with this concept and you're good at it naturally, a lot of the things I, a lot of the characteristics I want to have that I'm trying to develop in my life are things Linda already sort of has naturally. So, and this is one of them. That's
0: not necessarily true.
1: (laughs) And the the three-letter word is C-S-E-E. How good are we at seeing? How, how, how much have we perfected our ability to really observe, to really see, to really be aware of what is around us, to really notice, to really be present? You like to say it that way, Linda.
0: Yes, I. And you're saying that. Just a memory just popped into my mind that I had not thought of for years. And it was from my mother who... Who struggled to get her degree um, at Utah State University for a long time? She started out teaching as an 18 year old and then just had to get her degree a little by little, a little little. bit, having children a little bit. But one summer we were in Logan and she was taking the class on art. And I remember her coming to, to Lena and I that day, my sister and I that afternoon. She said, Do you realize if you go up and look at the trunk of a tree, you can see so many colors. If you keep looking at it, you can see so many colors. You can see purple and blue and brown and red and th- things that you have not, if you're looking for it, you can see so many colors in the trunk. Oh, of the that's, tree. A,
1: that's perfect.
0: And I have never, never forgotten that, but I had not remembered it until you said it at that moment, because I have thought of it a lot as I've gone through life thinking, I've just never seen that before. Am
1: I really seeing? Am I really looking? Am I looking hard enough to see all there is to see? Exactly. Yeah.
0: Um, I'm looking at our piece right now that's been in our room ever since we came. And we've been, been here for a, a day there. and
1: we've, we've never really looked closely we've Never at really them. looked at it. And you know, what you say, Linda, reminds me, it's so funny that you'd think of that because that reminds me of an aunt of mine aunt as the british say my mother's sister may may swenson who is a noted american poet she's gone now but she's she's in most american poetry anthology she's a famous famous poet who spent her life in new york city but she would come back to utah for family reunions and She would have the most interesting things to say. I was the oldest grandson in the family. And I remember once, May, you you reminded me because you said tree. She took me out in the backyard of the house where we were and said, and pointed at this tree and said, what do you see? Hmm. And I I was just a little kid. I said, well, I see a tree. (laughs) She said, I know, but look closer. What do you see? And make a long story short she made me see patterns in the branches. She made me see the texture of the bark. She made me see how the sun hit one side of the tree and how different the bark in the sunlight looked from the bark on the other side of the tree. And it was like this little class in seeing. And I remember even though I was just a little boy, wow, you can see a lot if you put your mind to it. You can see a lot. You can observe a lot. You can look harder. Now, why is that important in developing our characters? Because it's not just about seeing a tree, right? It's about how do you see another person? Do you really see what they're thinking? Do you see the expression on their face? Do you see the body language they're using? Do you see, do you look hard enough to learn What's going on with that person just by how you see them? Well,
0: and that gets to empathy, which is more than just sympathy. Really feeling how people are and why they're doing what they're doing or why they're saying what they're saying or acting as they're acting. Uh, I think looking into a person is maybe even more important than a tree, but it is so it's such a gift for some people they can immediately empathize with what's going on on with somebody yeah. and others are like i just don't yeah. get it why can't why can't you think like i do what what is the problem i don't get this i mean it, the more we can really spend time looking into the soul of people who are struggling the better we are, which is... Or anyone,
1: a stranger. I mean, and, and you say, well, how long does it take to really see someone? You'd have to really get to know them. You'd have to be with them a long time. I'm not so sure. I think people who are, are really good at seeing can pass a stranger in an airport or whatever, and just for an instant, look right at that person And I think you see something in their face or in their eyes or in their expression or in how they're moving. And you start getting a sense, a little sense. You begin to sort of understand who that person is. Just, it's just a beginning, but training yourself to see. I think
0: that has to do with light. And I do love the whole concept of looking at people's faces and thinking about light i mean some people just have a lot of light in their face yeah you know when we just spoke the to these eyes parents the, yesterday, of
1: the soul yeah. when we spoke
0: to these parents yesterday you know which ones i'm talking about yeah. they just have a lot of yeah light that's in really their,
1: interesting in the
0: face well we've never talked about it but it's just so obvious that there is just light coming out of people that are um thoughtful and open open to suggestions and so on it really is an interesting
1: i love that you said that because almost always i'm sure it's true we've talked a little about this but not specifically about yesterday but when we're when, when you're speaking to an audience you tend to to pick certain people that you see in the audience who are really tuned in i mean they're really connected they're really they they have it's just you said it the best that they have a light coming from them and those are the ones you tend to to look at and focus on while you're speaking because visually they're giving you they're giving you feedback they're giving you um encouragement just through how they look and through the light that you see in yeah them.
0: and then i spoke to she was the wife of the actual the guy who was um had prepared the program and so on but I spoke with her afterwards for a while. She just had so much light in her face. And I, I found where it came from. We talked for a few minutes and she said, you know, eight years ago I had cancer. I had the worst kind of cancer. And I went through so much, so many treatments, wondering if I would ever be able to raise my children and so on and she was just so vibrant and healthy and uh, light was just coming out of her and you think Mm -hmm. you know sometimes those hard things create that inner light if you accept it the right way she was just really see that's so
1: interesting because you only talked to her for less than five minutes and yet you you sort of felt like you knew her not only because you were interested and you asked her some good questions but because you saw You looked at her. Well,
0: what she's been through. You
1: really try to see this person. You
0: immediately see all those hard things, but coming out in such an amazing way, because now she's healthy and raising her children. And it could have gone either way.
1: Now, we're out of time for the first half, but stay with us, because when we finish up in the second half of the show today, we're going to try to go a little deeper, dive a little deeper into this idea of really seeing it's not just with your eyes it's with all your senses and it's even with a nonsense a sixth sense a spiritual sense that we can learn to see and we're going to try to probe this a little deeper the three-letter lesson of c
0: so hang on we'll be right back welcome back to Ayers on the Road here's Richard and Linda Iyer talking about seeing today s-e-e-i-n-g um hey, no Rich just see
1: just gotta be to a three see. letter lesson linda
0: <laughs> well right to see but it's all about <laughs> right seeing. it's
1: a, how to see yeah it's how to see all about seeing with everything and, and think about it i mean see we associate with our physical eyes but we have spiritual eyes and and we have ears and we have we can feel things not only with our fingers and our and our skin, but we can we can feel things with our spirit. Um, we can smell, we can we can taste, and all those senses have both a physical and a sort of a spiritual override to them. And we actually think that this spiritual seeing is connected to the Spirit of God. And one of our favorite quotes is from a man named Parley P. Pratt, who was an early member of our church and was a scientist to some degree, but who had a really interesting way of seeing things. And one of the things he talked about is how the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit, how that greater intelligence can infuse and sort of Influence our intelligence and and sort of quicken us, sort of enlighten us, sort of make us able to see better, not only physically but spiritually. And so listen, listen to what he said. This is a direct quote that I think you'll really like, and it'll lead us to a deeper kind of seeing.
0: And I think we've read this before. Uh, Little parts of it. I yeah. love reading this because you, you forget, you know, you forget how absolutely incredibly important it and is. You
1: read it well, Linda. Linda, You read it as though you really want it, and I like that. Well, no, so I'm really give done. it your full effort here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the Holy Ghost... <laughs> quickens all the intellectual facilities.
1: Faculties, Faculties. actually.
0: (laughs) Increases, enlarges, expands, and purifies all the natural passions and affections, and adapts them by the gift of wisdom to their lawful use. That's an interesting thing to their lawful use. use. It inspires, develops, cultivates, and matures all the fine-tuned sympathies joys, tastes, kindred feelings, and affections of our nature. It inspires virtue, kindness, goodness, tenderness, gentleness, and charity. It develops beauty of person, form, and features. It tends to health, vigor, animation, and social feeling. It invigorates all the facilities of the physical and intellectual man and woman, may I add, is right. strengthens and gives tone to the nerves. In short, it is, as it were, marrow to the bone, joy to the heart, light to the eyes, music to the ears, and life to the whole being.
1: Isn't that a beautiful thought that that we're not limited to our own physical senses of seeing, hearing, tasting, feeling, and smelling? We have spiritual senses as well, and they can tune in to a divine spirit that connects us and sort of ups the ante, sort of increases the voltage, increases our ability to really, really see, which kind of leads to this, this next thought that we can see inside as well as outside. We... I mean, we, we tend to think of ourselves as this unit looking at other people and other things and really striving to see them. But we can also turn that sight inward and look at ourselves. I mean, think about, Linda, the fact that all good meditation techniques essentially involve looking inside of yourself, right? The simplest way to meditate and get your mind to quiet down and calm is to just think about your breathing right right just be aware of the air coming into your lungs and the air going out now do you see that well you sort of see it in your mind you feel it you 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 are aware of it it's this heightened awareness and i was reading the other day or actually listening to a a little conversation between oprah and Eckhart Tolle, this this guru that she loves to talk to and, and think about, and he was saying, um, you know, if you really try hard, you can feel the energy in your body. If you really try to see inward, I'm paraphrasing obviously, but he said, you can think about your hand, think about it long enough, focus on it long enough, and you can start to feel a slight tingle in your hand. That's the energy that's in your hand. It's the It's, it's, it's the, you know, it's energy. You can't, you can't see it, but we're talking about see in a deeper way. You can, you can feel it a little. And if you want to relax yourself, try to focus on your wrists and your, your ankles and let all the tension out of them, feel the tension going out, feel them draining down and relaxing and just sitting there quietly and, and then spread that to the rest of your body. So I'm not good at describing this, but
0: you are good. All,
1: all of meditation and all of inner calming has to do with seeing inside of yourself and focusing not on the outside, but on what's inside of you. And that that's another kind of awareness. And the two tend to go together. If you're aware of your inside, you become more aware of what's outside of you.
0: Yeah, I, you know, I think it takes energy, though, to calm yourself. It takes yeah. energy of mind, like, okay, you are totally stressed out here. Just take a breath. Take a breath. Yeah. And then concentrate on relaxing because, you, you know, I, I can get myself wound up. You would never notice that, I'm sure. But...
1: <laughs> <laughs> I never noticed you. Anything but calm and serene, Linda. <laughs> right.
0: Um but you have takes, to work
1: pretty hard on imagining that sometimes.
0: <laughs> it takes a, a lot of energy to calm yourself when you're really, really upset about something.
1: I mean, but you're really draining the tension out. I mean, energy is not tension, energy is a good thing. Energy is that right. little sense you have of what's inside of you. But you can, I think you're right. You said it well. Use that energy to sort of calmly push the tension out.
0: And you're really good at this because, just as a tiny little example, we came to the hotel room. I opened my suitcase and realized I did not have a curling iron, which I look like (laughs) a scarecrow in the mornings if I don't have a curling iron. And we had to be on stage, and I uh, almost died. I mean, like I I can't do this. And you were so good, like, honey, it's calm down. You look wonderful. Just fine. Everything will be great and you're one of these people
1: that never realize how good you look see
0: (laughs) you're a person who doesn't really notice when i look like a scarecrow because you're very accepting no
1: you're i don't notice if my clothes match or anything but you always tell me well that's
0: because you're colorblind (laughs) but anyway um i do think that those little things for me, make me more tense and silly to worry about that, but not exactly because it was really scary, but we did work it out. Anyway, I I do think that you can just stop yourself and say, wait, this is not that big a deal. Just be calm, breathe, just breathe, and everything's going to be all right. So it it applies to a lot of
1: things. You know what it kind of boils down to? And I know we're oversimplifying this in a way. We just want to prompt some thinking in you, but the more aware you are the more the more you see in all these ways we've been talking about the more aware you are of what's around you and of what's inside your body and so on the less you the less self-conscious you are the less self-centered you are the less you know we always talk about teenagers when we're talking to parents and how they they turn into mirrors. Everything they see reflects on them. Everything is like, well, how do I look? Well, what's he thinking of me? Well, you know, am I in the right place? Am I with, with the right people? Everything's a mirror. You're so self-absorbed that you can't really notice the needs of other people or other people in general. And and we talk about how teenagers, if they if they work at switching that mirror into a window, So instead of worrying about themselves, they're looking through the glass and they're seeing someone else. And how do they feel? And do they need a friend? And are they sad today? And how can I help them? And so on. So this extra centeredness, this charity, the thing that Christ talks so much about, is really a product of seeing, really seeing outside of yourself and then the seeing inside yourself is not to make you more self-conscious it's just to reflect on what's going on in your body and and to take your mind off of the stress it's on and to focus it on something to allow you to relax so and, and you know i i heard a person in fact i've kind of taken this up as something i really believe um someone said that when you boil it all down the difference between man and God, the difference between human beings and divine is awareness. God's aware of everything. There's nothing he is not aware of. And and that gives him omniscience and omnipotence because he, he he's aware of everything. We are aware of such a small little narrow slice. I mean, the metaphor would be our eyes seeing color, right? And that's a sore subject for me because I'm colorblind. But but we only see part of the spectrum, right? We don't see the infrared or the right, ultraviolet. Right. We just see this one little part. God is aware of everything. And therein lies the difference between man and God. By being aware of everything, he has all perspective. He has all wisdom. He has all knowledge because he has all awareness, so if our goal is to move infinitesimally to be a little more like God, what, what better thing to work on than do we see all we can see? Are we aware of all we can possibly be aware of?
0: And I don't think you can on any specific day, but thinking about it makes it better. I mean, we talk about seeing through a glass darkly. If yeah, we think about scripture. seeing through, through glass lightly i mean seeing the light through that glass it really makes a difference as we think about seeing am i really seeing this person am i really seeing this glorious nature that i'm beholding right now how long can i just sit and not and and not be stressed but just soak it in and just see really see everything that you're looking at and it's impossible to do it all all the time obviously but it's such a good exercise to really see
1: that's really well said honey i'm i'm gonna throw one more i'm gonna up the andy just one more time a little bit and again these are just the tip of the iceberg we just want to start you thinking along some of these directions and we want to think harder along these directions but I actually think there's one other way to expand our awareness or what we see what we what we can actually grasp and see in the in the big sense of the word I think there's a funny way to say it but other people have awareness that you don't have I mean every person you meet knows a ton of things you don't know right, right? and has had a lot of experiences you haven't had and is the oracle of a lot of things that you, you, you've never experienced. And if we start thinking of other people, almost like little crystal balls, they, they contain all this stuff we don't know, crystal ball heads. Think of their head and their brain as a as simple as a crystal ball that if you could really see into it and know all that they know, you would expand your own ability to see. You'd expand your own awareness in lots of ways. And that's where the word you used a minute ago, empathy comes in when we're maybe the ultimate in seeing another person is not only to notice their physical self, but to somehow try to see them again with the gift of the spirit, with the, with the connection of the Holy ghost to guide you that, that sees everything to try to see what they're feeling, to try to see what they're thinking and maybe even to see some of what they know And sort of say, I am so limited, but if I'm inside of you for a minute by trying to empathize with you, maybe I can ask you the right question where I'll know some of what you know, and it'll expand me, we'll have synergy between your brain, your crystal ball, and mine, we'll I mean, that's the beauty of getting to know other people. So we're in this airport, we're coming here, we're flying here the other day, we must how many people did we pass in the airport? Like a thousand? At least. And we we just passed them like ships in the night. Now that's all you can do. You're just going to catch a plane, but try to look at people a little bit and just let your mind get outside yourself and think about the people you're passing and You're good at this. Linda sits on an airplane. By the time we land, she is inside the head of that other person (laughs) and it expands you, right?
0: Oh, it does. I do think that it is so important to really see other people, especially maybe those that we disagree with, Yeah. Um, instead of going on a rant, like how can they possibly think that to really see into their thinking and how and sometimes we can't sometimes it's impossible to to figure out how they could possibly think the way they do but i think trying is important as we look to this great word to see what why they think the way they do
1: so our friends the the number 33 letter lesson is the remarkable little word c s e e please think about that and in its expanded Version that we've tried to hint at today and put it in your list of three-letter lessons.
0: So good luck. We'll try to do the same. Thanks so much for joining us today and we'll see you next time on Trippers
1: on the Road. Bye till then.